Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. And we are brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Jack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. Okay, guys, and on today's show, we've got Ribman, Mark Javot. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. How about you? Yeah, good, yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. Oh, glad to have you on. We've um, been big fans of your ribs and your sauces for quite some time now, so we're quite excited about chatting to you. Fantastic. Good to hear. So, so can you tell us a bit about yourself then, please, Mark? Um yeah, I mean, um, I was a butcher. Um, I started quite young. Sadly, born when I was 12. Um, I was qualified by the time I was 15. Um, I just loved the job. Something I was really good at. Yeah, I just loved all the different cuts of meat. And, you know, I was, it was just, it kind of blew me away when I was a young kid watching the butchers, how they used to break down a carcass. Um, yeah, it's just something I really wanted to do and be. So. I was, um, yeah, so I was qualified at 15 as a butcher, um, and I did kind of all sides of, of, of the butchering game, you know, I was, you know, the, the, the local village shop butcher, I was on the other side of it as in, you know, bowling out Lincoln Port for Madison's on, on a huge scale, um, so uh, yeah, I've seen all sides of the butchering, of, as far as that goes, you know, um, then I lost my leg a few years ago, um, I went back to work as a butcher. They couldn't insure me. You know, I kept falling over. <laughs> um, and that was basically the end of my butchering career. So, you know, devastated. I, I basically didn't know anything else, you know. I, I, yeah, from the age of 12, I bet that was, mm. was really all you knew, all you grew up around. Yeah, I mean, it was basically, you know, that bit of customer, you know, interaction sort of thing. Because, you know... That, Back in the day in the butcher shop, you know, you know, you knew all your customers. You know, they used to come in and ask what they, you know, what was good this week and what to have, how to cook it. You know, so there was always that interaction with the customers, and I loved that part of it as well. You know, um, I mean, that's something that we pet. massively encourage still now is to our listeners and, and sort of friends and stuff is to get back into your your local butchers and, and become friends with your butcher and, well, and talk to them. Without a shadow of a doubt, definitely. I mean, you know, the butchers are kind of fighting back, especially in London. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the rest of the UK, but you know we're getting some great new butchers around now, and you know Turner and Jules and and Dugard and Daughters, and you know there's loads to be fair, um, and they're fighting back, which is great to see. It really is. I think people really are, are getting that now that you know you will never get decent meat in a supermarket. I'm sorry, but you won't. You just can't. It's just the quality's not there, the taste is not there. There's nothing there. Nothing good is nothing ever good about meat in a supermarket. I've got to tell you that. That's my personal thing, anyway. Yeah, well, I because definitely if, agree with you there. We we kind of yeah. try and tell everyone, everyone possible to just try and avoid that and get down yeah. the local butcher I mean, and I, support them. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I get it all the time. People say, yeah, they got their ribs and they bought from Costco, and nothing, 
not fair play, you know, if you're having a mess around with it, and that, you know, that's, that's cool, you're not losing a lot, you know, but there's so much better quality out there, you know, and to support your local butcher is, is I think, is a thing to do as well. Um, you know, it was our fault, at the end of the day, it was all of our fault that the local butcher started closing down because we stopped using them, you know, we started going to supermarkets because we was, you know, led to believe that it was a good thing. It wasn't, it was a terrible thing. Yeah. We need to start it's supporting our local butcher. I guess, isn't it? Yeah, all day, all day, but... I people are now know. starting to care, though. People were people starting to care mm-hmm. about what goes into their food and, and what they're eating, and, and I think that, that does that drives us back again to, to stop being lazy and to actually go out and, and to source good food. And, and to be honest, you haven't got to do a fire. All you've got to do is go to, like I said, your local butchers, and actually you'll probably find one closer than the local supermarket. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it just means doing yeah. one or two trips to a few different places rather than under one roof, but the quality of food and, and what you're feeding your, your son or your daughter or your, your family or whatever is is just a hundred times better. I agree 100%. And not only that, I mean, when people turn around and say they haven't got time, that's nonsense. You know, they've got time to sit down at a computer or a smartphone and, and order Tesco's online. You can do the story with butchers now, you know. Mm. You don't have to go to your butcher's shop. It's nice and, you know, it's great to get there and get on with your butcher. If you don't have time, you know, they do online delivery services. There's no excuse there anymore, you know. Most good butchers now are doing that because they they realise that people don't have the time. They don't. Mm. You know, most most couples or most married couples or most couples, they, they work two jobs, you know. They they both work. They, you know, they've got kids and they put them in childcare or whatever. And, and it's, it is, that's a London life, unfortunately. Um but, you know, there's always times for, for, for quality food and, and meat and veg and, and fish. And like I say, they deliver now. You know, you can go online and get it delivered. So there's no excuse about not having time to go down there. But I would. I still do. I love going to my local butchers. I love going down there and having a chat. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all part of the thing for me. You know, it's part of my yeah, like, Saturday morning ritual is to go down to the butchers, have a chat with them exactly. for half an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, it's part of the weekend. <laughs> exactly, but if you go daily without knowing what you want, I think that's kind of the best thing, you know, because yeah. you can actually, you know, get some nice little bargains that are put to say, yeah, I have this, I have that, and we'll do this deal, you know, and it's nice, you know. Mm. You, know you know, you go down to butchers to ask for something that you've seen someone cooking on the TV. I mean, that for me is a bad, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, people people often say to me, "Oh, it's just I can't afford it. It's going to cost so much more." But me personally, I think since I've been going to the butcher, I'm saving more money. I think I'm getting good quality you meat do, that's I mean, like bigger and lasts longer, and you get more. Put it this way, right? <laughs> if, if I went to the butcher the other day and I bought a loin of pork, right, a whole lot of pork for twenty pounds. I mean, you cut it down into chops, mm. right? You've got about £100 worth of chops in the supermarket yeah. without sure of a doubt, you know, you, at least. So that's nonsense. I mean, the butchers are, are cheaper and quite um, and much better quality. Yeah. And, you know, the, the flesh you get, it's all from local farms, you know. It's, it's, it's not done on a huge scale like... I mean, obviously, if you're a, if you're a massive supermarket and you're, you're supplying, you know, thousands of shops, then... That meat isn't going to come from one farm, more or less, no? Like a super farm. Mm. And you're never going to convince me on them, you know, ever, ever. I mean, I'm a butcher and I've seen all sides of it. I've seen the local, the local village shop butchers and I've seen, you know, on that side where you've got thousands of 
thousands of carcasses coming through every hour, you know. And it's, you know, it's, 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 I don't know what the word is, it's just not, it's on another level, you know, it really is, yeah. to see that on that scale. And, I don't know, I just think that the, the local butcher side of it is, is, is where the, the quality meat is, it really is. Yeah, definitely. It's come from, it's come from local farms, it's produced by farmers who actually care about the animals, you know, the animals have a big life. Um, for me, that's what it's about, you know, if we're going to eat the animals, we need to respect them before we kill them, you know. It's who we are. It's who we should be. We we shouldn't see that, you know, super farm animals have a bad life. They're only here for a few months, so it don't matter. It does matter. It does to me anyway. Uh, you know. Yeah, massively. And, um, mm-hmm. A happy pig is a tasty pig at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we, we we at least deserve to give them the animals that you know a good life before we we take it. You know, I mean. I had that argument with vegetarians all the time, you know, about taking the lives of animals. But at the end of the day, if we wasn't going to eat them, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't breed them. So they wouldn't have a life in the first place. So I think we're giving them a life, but I think we should respect it while it's there before we take it. You know, that's my opinion. Definitely, definitely agree with that. So, so when the the butchery butchery came to sort of an end for you, what what yeah. what what was the next? What was the next thing? What happened next for Ribman? Well, um, I was, you know, basically, I was there with one leg and um, a new baby and a wife, and you know, it was, yeah, kind of scary at the time because I, I've always worked, you know, I've always, you know, I've never been a lazy guy, um, and I, I knew I had to do something because I couldn't just—it was either sit home, get fat, lazy, and depressed, and and watch my life fall apart, or, or just try and get on and do something. Um, uh, otherwise, that you, you did. Know, like, well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was always lovely butchering, obviously, lovely meat, and, you know, I've always been in and around markets, you know, I grew up around lots of my mates was always on there, and I always helped out, and I've loved the markets, and then it was kind of a thing, like, 10, 12 years ago, it was, you know, um, farmers markets were massive, you know, I, I don't know how big they are now, but they, they seem to be right at the top of the, of the trendiness, you know, 12 years ago, so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll get on one of them and, and, and sell some ribs, like a butcher. That was my that was my brainwave. That was the only thing that drove me forward was just to try and still keep in touch with being a butcher, and that was my kind of weird way of, you know, believing that I was. Yeah, cool. Just because I just because I was selling baby back ribs on a farmers market, I, I kind of <laughs> believed I was still being a bit still being a butcher. But you know, so be it. Um, it was going really well. You know, I was selling fresh racked ribs in different um, flavored rubs and stuff. Um, but then I started cooking up samples on this. Um, you know, disposable barbecues you buy in the petrol garage, you know, nasty things. <laughs> you take the petroleum on the oh, they're horrible. But, you know, it served the purpose. People got to taste what I was doing. Um, and they, it kind of got their imaginations, you know, and, and they were the ones who, you know, kind of convinced me to, to cook and so that they could eat it there and then on, on the market. So it kind of came from there, yeah. Wicked. So awesome. Then, so then, what, at that point, you just stopped selling... Just the ribs, or do you still sell ribs as well? No, no, I don't. Um, I did uh, once. I mean, when I first started, I mean, I had to kind of thing. Um, I think the first day that I sold rolls on Brick Lane, we sold eight. Um, wow. So I think, you know, <laughs> it's really going to work, kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it, 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 I don't know why I kept going. I think I do, because I was maybe scared of, 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 of quitting. 
I've never quit it, sort of thing. I've always got back up, never know when I'm knocked down, never know. <laughs> just keep getting back up and getting on with it. So, you know, it went from that to what it is now. So, yeah, I mean, awesome. Really, really, really dark times as well, you know, where you, you know, only a few hours away from giving up kind of thing, because, you know, one, when you're only doing one day a week like I was on, on Brick Lane, you know, you've only got to have a couple of bad weather days and you get wiped out. And it was a case where, you know, I had no stock and I had no money and I, how could I get more stock? Do I try and earn more money? And yeah, I was, it was hard, you know, really hard. But. And how many, how many rib rolls are you pushing out now? Wow. Um, uh, well, football the other day, we did about close on 600 just before kickoff. <laughs> so awesome. from 8 to 600. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very happy West Ham fans. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, uh, the football kind of, you know, turned it around as well. I mean, Great Lane's always been great, you know. You know, it, it might be a bit weather dependent down there, but... Um, getting into West Ham was uh, amazing, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm a die West Ham fan, you know that. But to actually serve all the West Ham fans over there and you know be part of that day, I mean, going and watch the game after, it's, it's been amazing. I've loved every single second of it. So, you know, the Tuesday game against Man U last week was amazing. It was I've never seen it like it. I really yeah, haven't. but that's a pretty special that, moment for everyone. It was. I mean, that was right outside my store. All them people. That was crazy. You know. That was absolutely mental. <laughs> and that's it. So West West Ham are moving, and uh, and I've yeah, got wind that that you are as well. Yes, I am. I mean, um, at the moment, my my kitchen container is in Dawson Yard, where Street is, but we're moving out of there tomorrow. In fact, they come and get uh, unit the container, and we are moving into Truman's Brewery over in Fish Island, which is just behind us, the West Ham's new stadium. Um, so it's. You know, um, we're looking to do a members club, we're, you know, with some of the fans and come over for a beer or something. We, and, you know, you're right in the shadow of the stadium kind of thing. Awesome. You know, I think that's, that's one of the things, you know, that stadium's missing is, is somewhere for the West Ham fans to go before and after the game. Um, but, you know, we're working on that. So you're taking on that. You're taking on that task and you're going to deliver. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's going to be the HQ, that's where the kitchen is, and we can serve up a little club there. I've also got, um, I bought a milk float as well. Um, I'm going to drive that about. <laughs> yeah, I saw some pictures, yeah. Looks awesome, yeah, pretty old school it, thing. It's very, it's so much fun to drive, it really is, honestly. Um, I took out another spin of that, I love it, yeah. It's, uh, it's 1968, it's only a year younger than me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, it's like driving a boat in rough, rough sea, you know, the steering is well off, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you see Ribman coming straight towards you, he's yeah. not joking. Jump out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely because the bags are a bit <laughs> So what are you cooking on now? Is it you? So I think I saw you with a was it Kamado Joe or am I going to make? Yeah, the Monolith Excels, yeah. Um, I used to cook on Weber's, uh, but I, you know what? Because you know we cook all through night, and I just found with the Weber's that we had to use um, wood, some logs as well to keep the heat. You know, a, um, a constant for a long enough to a long enough time, and we was get. I was get. I thought we was getting too much smokiness out of the woods into the into the meat, and I doubt wasn't. You know, I didn't really love it. Not like I do now. Not like I did before. I just thought there was too much smokiness going through the meat. Um, so we changed over to the monolith because they're insulated, obviously. Um, we only use. I mean, before we was using to cook a hundred kilos of ribs, we we got through about twenty twenty five kilos of of charcoal. 
and looks, plus a log sort of thing. So, you know, 30 kilos of, of burning material, which was astonishing, really, when you've only cooked 100 kilos, you know. Um, now we're down. With these four monoliths, we use about 12 kilos, and that keeps, and we can cook about 200 on 12 kilos as well. Now, so. Wow, wicked. Yeah, no. I mean, they're amazing. They really are. What a bit of kit. It's, it's enabled us to cook more, and you know, it gives us a bit of a rest as well. Because when the last lot are on, and we spin them, we can actually leave them on, close the barbecues, you know, adjust the vents, and get it down to the temperature we want, and, and leave them and go home for a few hours to sleep. Whereas yeah. that was that really wasn't possible before, you know. That's why we're only doing two or three days a week. You're doing <laughs> two or three nights a week as well. So yeah. You know, it kills you in the end. It really does. The are awesome bits of kit, and that just shows the versatility of them. That from the back garden right up until catering two hundred, cooking two hundred ribs racks a a day or whatever. That's that's pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I I mean, I love doing what we do. I really, really do love it. I mean, it's it's so peaceful when you're. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, yeah, a lot of the cooking has been taken away from me now because, you know, I've got my guy Cinder and, and I've even got my nephew open out now because he's getting so busy. Um, but that, that that kind of enables me to just take it a little bit easier. You know, um, I'm not sure how long I much how much longer I would have lasted on my leg, you know, doing what I was doing. It was seriously yeah, taking it out of me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I push myself and I push myself really, really hard. But... You know, even I know when it's time to slow you know, hold up. <laughs> if you carry on like this, you won't be lasting much longer. So it was kind of a necessity that I had to get a little bit of help and, and kind of work smarter. It's part of a growing business. I mean, you you, you grew and, and it's got to that point where you need the help. So so there you go. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I mean, I think with me, I think the thing was I've, I've, I've spent so many years fighting against having a business. That's the weird thing. I mean, you know, I never started this as a business. That, that was... The big thing for me at the beginning it was it was to keep me sane, you know. Um, you know, I I lost a leg and uh, I felt you know kind of half a man, and you know I couldn't supply my, I couldn't you know feed my family kind of thing, and it, it really it was getting to me, you know. And yeah, you didn't give up. You 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 carried on fighting, and, and you you made something of yourself, and and well, you, look you at you now. I mean, on, yeah. well, you know, I'm 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 still doing what I love doing, which is great. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm rich. Uh, I, I, so I never got into it for the money. I got into keep the same. And I think, I don't know, I'm not being greedy with it either. You know, I think you can get, you can make mistakes where you get a bit greedy and you think, wow, this is great. So instead of doing one market, you do two, three, four. You know, I know people do five or six markets in one day. And yeah. that, for me, it's just business. That is just, uh, I, I don't want to be there, you know. I want to go to my store, enjoy it, sell out, go on. That for me, that's that's enough, you know. Yeah, but you got people that love your product. You're you've given other people jobs, like you said. But your, is it nephew, cousin, nephew? You said. So I mean, yeah, you, we've you, got a little nephew over here. He's working away. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's it's ideal. That's the, what what more could you want? Well, yeah, I mean, exactly, you know, and that you know, with the move as well tomorrow, it's just around the corner as well. So. I've got myself a little um, electric scooter, off-road scooter. It's crazy. 45 kilometres an hour it does. <laughs> and um, I got it for the new stadium for when we moved in because um, I've upgraded my, my season ticket to um, a wheelchair pace. So now I'm just going to go in on my electric scooter, see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Yeah.
So, so when it comes to like this, we talk a bit about the actual ribs now, I guess, being rib man. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. So you mentioned baby back earlier. Uh, all your ribs that you're serving up, are they all baby back? Yeah, just all baby back, yeah. Um, yeah. I started with baby backs, um, that was like before I used to even take it meat off the bone. Um, I just, I've always loved the baby back rib. I do love a belly rib, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know. I just love the baby back. Like it's, for me, it was a cleaner rib to eat in the market anyway. You've got no knuckle, you've got no you know, fat and grease as much anyway. So it's kind of a, a cleaner rib to eat but for me on the street. Um, I think that's why I went with them, really. Easier to cook, much, much easier to cook um, as opposed to a belly rib. Yeah, um, for cooking times anyway, um, yeah, especially if you're going to cook. You know what I mean? I've done belly ribs before, you know, and tried to do it the same as what we do it on the baby backs, and it's so much different. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's uh, it's crazy. It's different. But and you cook to pull, don't you? So you cook to pull, and then you pull the meat off the bones and serve it. Yeah, as a... I mean that's the idea. We we like we kind of show the ribs to the barbecue to the charcoal because I, I want that flavour going through that meat. You know, I love the flavour of the charcoal, not yeah. so much the smoke. You know. So we, we we kind of get a nice bit of colour on the on the ribs. Um, we cook about eight racks at a time on on one barbecue. And when I say cook, like, we're not cooking. We we, we just get in the the bone really hot. You know, I like to get the heat right away through the bone. Um, get colour on the meat, and then we wrap the you know, the whole racks up in packs of eight, ten, depending on how big the racks are. So we wrap them up with foil, and then we put them back on the barbecue later and spin them. So they all cook in their own juice. So, you know, all the juice comes out of every single rib, which, you know, I find is really important for the flavour. Um, that's why I've never, you know, I like, I, everyone loves a bit of American barbecue, don't get me wrong, but I think they've always missed, for me, they've always missed that trick. You know, you've got 10 ribs now, and you've got lovely flavours inside them bones, you know. And when you kind of dry smoke, you're missing all that. You know, they spend so much time, but in my opinion, you know, putting flavours and rubs into the meat and putting a bark on it and this, that and the other. And it's like, well, fair enough, but you've still got all them ribs with all that goodness inside, you know? Um, yeah. And I, think, and I think, you know, if you let that all cook out into the meat, that's where your flavour is, you know? I think mm. they overcomplicate or overcompensate with all the herbs and spices they try and infuse into it and mm. the smoke that they try and put through it. I don't know. That's my opinion. You know, I mean, I, I know there's loads of people that who are going to be you know, purest American barbecue and they're like, well, you know, but that's just my opinion. That's, that's yeah, everyone's got their own like, taste. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of people style. share your taste because they come every week to to buy the rib exactly, rolls. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never been, I've never been, and, you know, I've never ever said that mine's American style. It isn't. It's far from it, you know. And I've got a lot of American customers, to be fair, you know, from all over America and, even the Texas ones do, you know, take their cue very, very, you know, re- religiously, if you like. It's, um, you know, I've turned a few of them, so... Yeah, awesome. Can't be that. <laughs> so do you not put any sort of rub or sauce onto them? I put a dry rub, but when I say put a dry rub, I mean, bare minimum, you know, literally, they get shaken in the bucket um, for a few seconds. Um, so they, they go on dry as well, because, you know, when you're cooking that, that sort of that kilo, it, it, it's, if you, you know, minimum, minimum we cook 100 kilo, you know, I mean, if we'd have a night for the football, we cook 300, 
and when you're cooking that amount of you know ribs, you don't want a wet rub. You don't want a, a, a wet marinade on it uh, going onto your griddle because you're just gonna every single time you change the ribs, you're gonna have to clean your griddle down. Mm-hmm. And it's it, you know then you're affecting all your your, your, your heat and your timings and. I, you know, I, I've just found that the, the dry rub for me works the best because we cook so many ribs. You know, if you're only going to cook one one lot of ribs, then yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. But, so what are the what are the basics that would go into your dry rub? No, <laughs> well, I do my own <laughs> rub, actually, so you know, as for sale as well. Like we do um, a normal rub that's not very spicy. You know, we do the, the holy f rub. Um, I try to basically recreate one of the sauces. Um, never going to be as hot and punchy as the original sauce because you'd have to put you know a serious amount of extract in it but to get up with the fresh chilies you know but yeah. it's an amazing rub it really is um you can put it on anything as well and we do you know i mean you know spring it on your chips i, I sat there the other night and i'm just dipping cook um cook brisket into it <laughs> using it as a dip <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah so it's just a you know it, it's it's got all your Usual suspects in there, you know. Um, so you have because you've got a, the holy f rub and you've got a rib rub as well. Yeah, uh, that's correct. Yeah. So do you? Is that is the rib rub the one that you're cooking your ribs in? Yeah, or? the rib rub's the one we cook the ribs in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, so you can buy that. So you can try and recreate what we do. Mm. Um, but that, the the other one has got um, you've got jalapeno in it as well to give it a nice extra kick. Um, they're the only. Yeah, I we only cook with it. We cook with a rub that's not spicy, so that people yeah. don't like spicy meat. The meat, obviously. Yeah. So, and if they want it spicy, we've got all the sauces there for them. So, yeah. we but we both tried this sauce for like the first time. We went when we were, when was it last time we were in London? We saw them, didn't we? It was on, wasn't in like a rib place. It was just like a, I shouldn't have bought it. No, it's in like a, on this shop in a corner, and we had ah yeah yeah yeah. What did we like? We had like it's like a meatball. Burrito type. I can't thing, remember, yeah, it? wherever it was. Oh, it's it? not, not from the bowler. Yeah, is it that? Was yeah, it Soho. Yeah, 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 sound, was, yeah, that, yeah. That would be yeah, where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, man. It's a friend of mine, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's the, the sauce was on the counter guy. there, so we were like, oh, we haven't tried it yeah, yet. It's definitely it. having that, so we poured it all over it, and it was it's pretty hot. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a big I mean, people think it's the hottest one because of the name. Yeah. Basically, that was the first one that we ever made. You know, um, that was um, the first one that we came up with. And I say we, I say me and my customers. You know, I used, yeah. to, used to make it on the stall, and people, you know, used to have a certain this one group come in all the time and try the sauce, and week in, week out. And after a few months, we come up with the recipe as it is now. And then we had the, the competition on Twitter to, to find a name, and then the holy effort, it just it, it, it went crazy it, it just won hands down yeah <laughs> he knows it. yeah it was great it does sum it up pretty I well mean, I think yeah <laughs> well yeah but then we got um, after that we got you know Christ on a bike and Holy Mother of God as well um, but there's another two that I do make but not all the time because it's um, it's the chilies I mean, they, they're becoming more commercially available now but you know, um, a couple of years ago, when we uh, kind of invented the sauces, it was um, you know, getting hold of the Carolina reefers and and the, you know, the scorpions was, was really hard. Um, you could get a few here and there, but you could never get it in the kilos that I needed. Um, no, but it's, but it is coming around now. So, you know, last last season I started making again. We got um, Judas is scary hot, 
and for the love of God, which is kind of trippy when you when you eat, you hallucinate. It's so hot, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I haven't tried that one yet. Oh, dude, honestly, you, I'll make you some. Oh, it's incredible. It really is. It is incredible. We're, um, we're both massive chili heads, so we love like spicy yeah. stuff. So You've heard of, um, did you hear the Borg Nine chilies yet? No, I don't think so. What was that? Yeah, they're, they're going to be, the, apparently, amongst, you know, the people who grow them and, and all the others, um, they're going to be hotter than, than the, the Reapers and, uh, and the Dragons, whatever they are, um, the hottest ones at the moment. Mm. So you'll be they're getting that <laughs> Yeah, I've got some. I've still got some in the fridge because I've already bought a few kilos. I throw some down, but oh, just, oh my god! Yeah. They, that, you know, they're on another level. They are another level. It's, um, when you think what it's like to bite into a scorpion or a reaper, mm. you got you just times that by a few more, and <laughs> it's incredible. It is incredible. It's you actually start hallucinating. It's it's, it's ridiculous, really, but. Have you always it been into real on. spicy stuff then? No, no. funny enough. No. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have my first curry to us this day, you know, coming out of half, half drunk and, you know, going into an Indian restaurant because, you know, what, how long ago was that? 35 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there weren't that many Indians about even in London 35 years ago. Yeah, a few, but nothing, you know, it wasn't like the Indian scene is now. Mm. Um, you know, so, no, I was kind of used to have to build up to a, um, a vindaloo back in the day, but no, yeah, I love it. I just, it's got a flavour as well, though. It can't all, you know, I've had, but the thing with making hot sauce as well is I get a lot of people sending me hot sauce or coming down with a hot sauce, yeah, try this, Mark, try that, you know, which is fair enough, uh, I don't mind, but, you know, some of them are not very good. Yeah, and some are just too hot and you don't actually get any flavour from it at all. Yeah, it's like, you might as well just add extract to a tomato. You know? Yeah, it does. Really, that that re- mm. it's something that really a topic that really grits on me is like these all mm. oh, these mega hot sauce. Try this hot sauce and like oh yeah, okay, yeah. My, my mouth's on fire, but I can't taste anything. There's yeah. no, yeah. there was no, no flavor exactly right. there. There's no, no like I mean, what is the point of adding it to my food? It yeah. doesn't add any <laughs> any flavor to it. Doesn't it. enhance so, your food at all, does it? No, no. And I think it's the shame where people think that that's what a hot sauce is. That it's just meant to be heat. No, it's not. The reason I started making a hot sauce is because I couldn't find one out there that I liked enough to use every day, you know, because I wanted to eat hot sauce every day, and, and I do. But I think, I, I, to be fair, the closest I've got, right, and that's going to sound really, I don't know, anti, what I do now is, um, <laughs> it was actually in Hendo's, the, the extra, extra hot. Uh, for me, at the time, it was about the tastiest and hottest I could get. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, that probably just says about the state of what the hot sauce used to be like um, <laughs> in England. It's come a long way in the last four or five years. Yeah, um, I definitely yeah. agree with you, though, because that was a, like, a while ago. Like, they were like the the best hot sauces I could find, really, were the selection yeah. you could get from Nando's. And some of them you can even buy when you weren't in exactly. Nando's, could you? So it was like... I really like that horse, hot sauce, but I can only get it in Nando's. Yeah, we were with uh, Bobby from Bloody Hell Hot Sauce uh, the other day, and uh, his, yeah. his one's a really nice one as well. I really enjoy his as well. Again, got loads yeah. of flavour in it and, and got the heat there. It's, it's a nice one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, it's just like everyone's, not everyone, but 
it seems like everyone's into doing hot sauce there. It's just as, like it, it, it seems like everyone's into barbecue. It's, just, it's been amazing the last few years. I mean, how much it's grabbed everyone's attention. I think you know. Um, you know, when I when I think back, what eight ten years ago, I was on the brick. I was on Brook Lane, and I used to be the only only stall down Brick Lane because they wanted to start a street food down there. So I I, I started it down there for them for Tower Hamlets. And there was only um, PitQ who had a trailer underneath Hungerford Bridge. We was like the only two doing any kind of meat on the streets. Which when I think now of, of you know what is actually going on there. That's that's unbelievable. In in, yeah. in the few years, you know, it's been crazy. Right? And both you and PitQ are still going strong. Yeah, um, yeah, they did really well. I mean, get a great. I think it's all about reputation as well, no. Um, you know, yeah, massively. You know, they, they they did, and they still do great, great stuff. And they kept it small, and they kept it, I don't know, they just kept it real as far as I, I thought, anyway. Yeah, massively. Um, but massive respect for Pitchy and Tom and, and all of them. I really have, um, yeah, massive respect. So can people still buy, like, a rack of ribs from you, or are you only doing it in the meat rolls now? Um, they can. I mean, if they let you know and let me know early enough. I mean, the problem that I have really is, is obviously the cooking times. I mean, it's such a, a fine line between being um, a rack of ribs and then, you know, another half an hour later, they're going to be falling off a bone sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So, and because we've only got, a sh- you know, a tiny window, really, when we go out to sell, we have to... Everything we do is about timing, from, from organising to cooking to, to actually selling. It's, you know... We have to judge what time to start cooking to what time we're going to start serving to even what time we hope to set up sort of thing, you know. So by the time we get to the end, the, the ones that we cooked last are going to be ready and, you know, it's, yeah, we do. But they've got to ask and come down early. So that's their only kind of hope. Um, otherwise, you know, if they come back at midday and ask for a record, they've got no chance. No. <laughs> no none at all, to be fair. <laughs> So when you're not cooking for like the your rib man's stool, do you do much cooking at home for your family? Um, I do here and there. I mean, but only when it involves a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really go in the kitchen. Um, my wife's out there. With, you know, she cooks the family meals and she's Spanish, so you get a nice you know, selection of food. But when, um, yeah, I love I've got a little mini monolith on the bar on, on the balcony. So, yeah, I'm always out there. It's great. I, I, I love the whole, I don't know, you know yourself, you know, it's like that feeling you get when you're around a barbecue, charcoal's going and a bit of fire and you're poking it. It's just, you know. I yeah, don't that's know, what we live for. It. Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I mean, you can't explain it, can you? It's just, it's just a way of life. That's what it is. Um, it's just pure love, really, at the end of the day. It, 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 I think it does everything. Even if you're stressed out, you know, go and do a little bit of, cooking on a barbecue and it'll soon chill you out and you'll soon enjoy it you know it's, it, it brings you back down to to your roots i think i don't know i don't know what it is i just know i love doing it and don't ever really want to give it up <laughs> so and we hope you don't <laughs> yeah well i hope so. um, as long as i can continue to do it i will um you know and i'll, I'll always do, always do like and you know now to, hopefully with a with stadium we can move that and kind of just keep me really, really busy with that side of it. Um, and then the rest of it is all, all about the sauce for me. I mean, that's, um, 
the next next big thing for me with a source actually is, is, uh, is getting developed at the moment in the factory. Um, so we could be seeing that coming out as wholesale going all over. Then uh, you know I've got people waiting to distribute in in America, in Singapore, Canada, Australia. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean you know these people have been asking me for years, and I've always just said yeah, one day, one day. But it's going to have to happen because you know it just is. Yeah, people you. keep asking. You can't keep turning them down. <laughs> Not really, you you kind of miss the boat otherwise, isn't it? You know. Um, you know. It's great being a you know a little bit under the radar or a little bit whatever, but you know at the end of the day, if if I want it to be a lasting kind of legacy, especially for my kids and that, then I've really got to sort it out now. I can't, you know, yeah, go for it. okay to do one day a week and and enjoy it. I'm still going to enjoy it, but you know, it's got to become more of a business now. I think, yeah, which is. Kind of a shame because when you talk to your accountant and you talk about VAT and all the rest of it, it's, it's just it's a really bit full on, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. Then it's on that level where I never wanted to be in the first place. And, but you know, I think I've, I've got to do it at the end of the day. Just, just go with the flow. Yeah, if you want to keep doing yeah. what you're doing, you've got to eventually, haven't you? I mean, it's just the way way of the world. It's just getting yeah, exactly. I mean, before when you're doing, you know. Few hundred pound every Sunday, that's great. You know, he goes up to a grand fine. But you know, when you're getting past that, you're doing it once or twice a week, and he's like, you know, the vat man's there. So you got to do it. Um, as much as I don't really want to, I think, because I know that once I've, once I've registered for vat this year, that's it. I've got to start doing a bit more, I think, you know, just to pay for it. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't really want to pass on that. To my customers, you know what I mean? If I'm selling a roll for six pounds now, that'd be like what, seven pounds forty. Uh, yeah, that's something you know, none of that's mine, that's all going to the batman. So, you know. so what yeah. what makes you stick to, to ribs? Because obviously, you're cooking to Paul, and I actually cook my ribs, I cook my ribs at home to Paul, that's how I like that's how yeah. I like them. Uh, yeah. well, but on the commercial scale of things, how come yeah. you've stuck to ribs instead of going for like a pork butt or something like that? Is it would it not be easier for you to? To do a couple yeah, of bucks. It'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot easier, you know. Without that, I mean, there's always an easier way out of what, especially how we do it. I mean, you've seen what we're doing. It's very labour intensive. No, we have to cook every rack. We have to wrap it, then we cook it again. Then we take the bones out. You know, it's yeah. It'd be very easy just to throw a few, throw a few pork butts on and and and, and let them cook down. But I, I, I'll never. I'll tell you something now. <laughs> this is going to say a proper word. I don't like pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> I think pulled pork is dry. I think they add sauce to it just to make it, give it any kind of moisture. It can be chewy and stringy if it isn't cooked properly. And Even when it is cooked right, it's, it's not my favourite cut of meat, I've got to be honest. It really isn't. Um, but if you use ribs and you keep all the meat tender and juicy, it's just another level. It really is. I, I I agree. I mean, I I agree on a bit. I do like pulled pork from a from a butt. But if I had the choice between pulled rib and pulled pork, my, I would be rib every day. That that yeah. is, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But uh, but yeah, I was, I was just intrigued just to just to listen to you. I thought I knew but what I you'd think, say, think, but I just wanted to I ask think the anyway. Customers would be like that as well. I mean, if you're if you're like that, imagine what the customers are going to be like. I mean, that's what I feel anyway. I mean, you know, I've always I've always tried to do what I've liked. Um, and I've always listened to the customers and I've always followed what they wanted but most of the time they kind of wanted what I wanted if you know yeah. what I mean 
Um, and I suppose know, now I'm when gonna... you go to food markets as well, there's there's always like five or six pulled pork stools. So, so oh, being, yeah. a, being a pulled rib man, you're a little bit different, you know? Well, it is different. I mean, you know, you wouldn't notice it on a brick load of sand. The amount of pulled tours you would probably go, oh, look, pulled pork, oh, pulled pork, all day long. I just, whatever. But, you know, taste it and tell me it's pulled pork. Yeah. And then they kind of change them. They're, wow, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, I love competitions. Always have when it when it when it matters. You know, when you're on the market, I, I love it. I love the fact that we're all out there and we're doing it. But you know, it's like Lane, I'm always supposed to leave. You know, I'm always I'm gone by two, three thirty. I've sold out, and I've, you know, we put a little, all that stuff on the trolley and we push it through the market, and we're done. Just <laughs> wave goodbye to everyone. <laughs> we do, you know. And they're like. Yeah, I see I see the tweets but, every day on to my last Yeah. yeah last, last pan, tray, last pot, yeah, last tray, that's yeah. it, yeah. But it, I think for me it's always worked well like that as well. I mean, you know, from day one I I, I was never able to, to stand about on the market all day. You know, we've been working all night and then yeah. by the time we've done a few hours in the day, I'm you know, I'm destroyed, my legs gone, it's had enough. So, you know, I always try to work it like that. So I never overcooked. Um, you know, sometimes you make mistakes because, you know, obviously you get caught out by the weather and stuff, you know. I mean, I've lost hundreds of kilos more than once, you know, um, which is it's hard to take, especially when you're working once or twice a week to, to, to pull that back. If you if you have a really bad market and you lose 100 kilos of ribs, then that's, that's you know, that's a few weeks worth of getting your money back, kind of yeah. thing. It can be really hard, but hmm. I, I don't think there's anything. And how, do you, um, how do you find the weather effect. affects your cooking? Then? The actual cooking, yeah, I mean, it, it can hugely affect you. I mean, it's been a lot better since we've had the monoliths because obviously, you know, you just close the lid, they're insulated, and you can adjust the vents, and it, it's not too bad. Um, you know, we're partially covered where we cook. Um, when it rains, we get wet, but. That's, that's life on the street, really. I suppose. Yeah, um, just more the sales effect side of things. It's part of it, you know. You know, you're out there, you're cooking in the elements, and you know, you have to think on your feet a lot of the time. You know, because you know the, the, the temperatures might be up or down, and especially it's raining, they'll be down, and it's like, you know, you, you have to really you know, keep on your toes and think on your feet. Otherwise, it's, it, it doesn't come out nice. It, it, you know, it's easy to to mess up. You know, you've only got to take your eye off the ball for. For a second, and, and that's it. You've, you've destroyed all your work. Yeah, definitely. I find like even with myself, like on my, I've got a Kamado Joe, so it's very yeah. similar to the monolith. But like, if I'm cooking in the rain, and I use sometimes put like an umbrella over the top of it, I just find yeah. like, the whole. I think it must like restrict the airflow or something because it just never cooks as well in that situation. I think it's, always, it's definitely about the humidity in the air as well. You know, it's everything, 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 everything. It matters. Um, you've got them all together as well. You know, you can have a huge effect on it. You know, we we've struggled to get up to temperature some nights, especially when it's been hot and windy and cold and wet. And, you know, it's it, like I say, it can be very challenging out there. You know, but at the same time, once you get over that challenge and, and you get it done, it's, it's nothing more rewarding at the end of the day. Mm. You know, you stand on the market the next day and you see people's faces as they're biting into a rib meat roll it makes it all worth it. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, that, uh, we all survive on a little bit of, you know, patting on the back, don't we? Yeah, definitely. But to get it every day when you go to work is, is an amazing feeling. You know? So, yeah. For your actual it. roles that you use, what, what, what role is the perfect role for a, for a rib roll? 
Me personally, I just think a white flavour with bat, yeah, because he soaks up all the juice lovely and it just goes well. I mean, if you get a little bit of crisp on top of the roll as well, even better, a bit more texture and stuff. But yeah, just a white flavour with bat for me. Um, they just, yeah, they complement each other so well, really, really well. Wicked. Wait, you said about you're not really trying to smoke your like ribs, really, are you? Because you're no. wrapping them anyway. So do you not cook yeah. with wood at all, or are you just use no, um, lump wood or them. briquettes, or what are you going for? We we use um, hard pressed charcoal, um, yeah. hardwood. Um, we used to use a Cuba one, but it was too good quality. I, I know it sounds weird, but the quality of it was so good. I mean, really, really, really good. It was um, it was when I changed over to that. I lost 400 kilos of ribs in one hit. Um, probably the worst I've ever ever done. It was horrible. <laughs> we um, what happened? This, this charcoal, it, it was so good that it held the heat so so much and so high for so long. I wasn't really expecting it, and um, I overcooked the ribs by about an hour. I would think, um, heat wise, and they just all turned, like, the whole lot just turned to cheese kind of thing. Then when you try, it just yeah mashed them all up. They were horrible. So yeah, yeah they got thrown away. Gutted. I was almost crying. When I was, it's not the fact of the money, well, it is, but it's the waste. I hate waste. I hate wasting good meat. I really yeah. do. And it, if it was my fault, which it was, you know, it makes it even worse. So I was devastated about that. But you never learn, and I've never done it again. So, you know, we mix the charcoal a little bit. Now, we use even, like, some of the really good Cuban stuff. We mix in a bit of cheap, nasty stuff as well. Um, because unless we're cooking, you know, all night and cooking more than 100 or 200 kilos, it's kind of a waste as well. Um, although saying that, I mean, it used to be a waste because you used to leave, used to leave the barbecues to burn out once you finish cooking. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to know because you just shut the vents and, and it cuts the oxygen off and it, and it goes out. So, you know, if you've got enough charcoal in there, you can come back to it the next day. You've still got charcoal to start cooking with. Exactly. Yeah, Which, I, I always find know, that in my Kamado, I always just shut down immediately after I've finished and quite often I can amazing, salvage yeah. so much charcoal yeah. to reuse the next time. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, mm. that's what I, I, I love that about uh, the, the moralist, is the fact that you, know, you don't waste anything. Which, yeah. Yeah. Do you just have Which one cool. big one and have you got a few? I've got four. Four, <laughs> wow. <laughs> four, yeah. yeah. All in a row. Yeah, I mean, that just works out. Uh, um, 100 kilos each. Um, yeah. But each cook, we can do 100 kilos exactly or four, four XL wires. Um, and then we just, if we do more, we just do more rotations. We just do more rotations and um, you know, three or four rotations instead of one or two. Um, you have like extra them. shelves inside to like raise it up so you've got like two layers. No, um, no that's what I think. We have to, we, if we do more than 100 kilos, if we're 100 kilos, you can wrap them up into the pack, spin them and leave them on. Yeah. Um, but if we do more than 100 kilos, then we have to get them 100 off. So what we do is spin them for a bit longer to get the heat right through them and then put them in a hot box so that they spend about the next six, eight hours in a hot box. Um, basically cooking in their in the residual heat. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then we get on with the rest of it. And then once we've done the next time, we'll put that lot in a hot box and then carry on with the next time. Sort of so it's just... Um, it's a major operation, yeah. isn't it? 
It is. I mean, yeah, it is. It's, it's great to see. I mean, you know, we've had people, you know, Adam Richmond come down and spend a night with us one night. Um, it, you know, it's, it's been amazing, you know. It's, um, it, it is. I love doing it. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> I love being a Ribbon, yeah. <laughs> And you have, Maybe we'll get invited down to spend yeah, the night. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome any time, man. I'll tell you what, why don't you want to move into a brewery, right? And you come there and spend the night. Yeah, we like and, breweries um, as well. That's good. <laughs> exactly. Spend the night cooking and having a few beers. Yeah, okay. wicked. That sounds wicked. Yeah, man. Any time, definitely. Awesome. So, do you, do you pull, so after you've cooked them all, do you pull it at headquarters, tray it up, then take them out, or do you... We do, yeah, um, half and half, mate, mostly. Um, it's all about timing again, you know. Um, it, it depends what time we're going to be serving up, depends where we are and everything else. But mostly we try and, you know, take the bones out, put them in the trays, put them back in a hot box and take them and ready to go, yeah. Just to make it easier when we, we turn up to set up to serve. Um, um, you know, because we're, we're pretty quick. We can we, we get through over 100 kilos an hour, easy, um, when it's busy, so... Uh, yeah, three hundred sounds a lot, but after three hours work, it's all gone. It's wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have time to pull it on the on the store, so you have to do it before you go. Definitely. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And is it just you? Just purely go for? You've got your ribs in your roll and some sauce. You don't go for any sides. You put any slaw no, in there or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Meat and bread and sauce. Just yeah, that's all you. That's all I need anyway. Yeah, have, you know, I've always just tried to do one thing kind of thing and, and, and do it as best as we can um, and I just think you start messing about with all it and I don't really think my, the rolls need a bit of salad and stuff you know just meat and bread and sauce yeah, that's all you need yeah you salad, salad go somewhere else <laughs> yeah if you want to be if you want to say go to a vegetarian store or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you so obviously Brick Lane I'm Brick Lane every Sunday uh we, we serve. We start serving about eight o'clock in the morning. We get we get people driving past, uh, like drive throughs before they close the market off. People are still allowed to drive through. Yeah. Um, so we get people stopping in their cars and hanging out in windows with revolvers. Funny. Um, so yeah, we start. I'm serving done with about that. Eight o'clock yeah. yeah, and then we finish about two. Um, and we were doing obviously every home game at the bowling. That's finished now. So. We actually this next week is um, it's all about the move really. I'm moving the kitchen tomorrow and, and all the other unit is coming over there, moving it into the brewery and yeah, we'll be setting up ready for the summer. Nice. And people can go onto your website, it's the the ribman dot co dot uk. Yeah, the ribman dot co dot uk. You can go there, you can buy sauces on there and normally find out what I'm doing on there. Although to be fair, the best way to find out where I am and what I'm doing is on Twitter. Yeah, always catch you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm always on there. I mean, it's the only thing that I do. I don't do Facebook. Like, although I've got accounts other places, I don't be doing like Facebook and all that. I just don't have time, you know. It's bad enough the amount of time I have to you know, spend on Twitter and stuff, but, you know, that do me. Yeah. So that's <laughs> I've never seen the kids the anyway. man. At the Rib Man, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm just looking on your website now, all the sources. Definitely going to have to get some of these ordered up now. <laughs> Got a trio. Is that the Holy Trinity is that like all three of the sources? Is yeah, that's um, it's my travel pack. It's um, a hundred mil bottles, um, so you can take through customs and then you're going away. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For those of you that always have to travel with a hot sauce, <laughs> yeah. there you go, guys. You know, it's 
funny thing is, the customers, the customers downstairs and get we actually know the sources now. Really? Um, <laughs> there's so many people going through them. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, my best sellers on Brick Lane because there's so many tourists down there. Oh, yeah, I hadn't um, thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the travel pack just went down um, a storm. So yeah, it's been amazing, really. Mm. And you got the rubs on there as well. Yeah, you can buy the rubs on there. Even get a T-shirt. You can even get a t-shirt, man, yeah. Well, girls, ladies, you can put a hot sauce in your handbag. You can take it out to all of those mediocre restaurants and you can make your food taste holy F and uh, pour some on. So there you go. There's a lot of people doing that. I do that myself, to be honest. But I try and keep to the restaurants that actually got my sauce, like Zelma Meats and all that in China, you know. It's in all the Mark Kitchen restaurants as well, I don't know, so... Yeah. Definitely getting them. Yeah. Um, um, I did another phone call this afternoon as well. They want me to supply um, Fargo and Lobster as well. Um, yeah. So. Oh, wicked! Uh, it's amazing, like the amount of chefs that are actually on in my sauces. It really it blows me away. To be fair, I mean, you know, I'm just a butcher and I know how to cook ribs. Um, and who knew that I knew how to cook sauce as well? But apparently, I do. Um, and uh, it blows me away the amount of chefs that, that absolutely love it, you know. So, you know, they're the you know the big best critics out there for me, really. Yeah. When you talk about food, anyway. So, yeah. I've even got you know some of the I yeah Mar- Marina McLaughlin, she loves my sauce. I was posting my sauce and the critic from Guardian and it. Um, even Julian Dix at West Ham, you know, he 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 loves the sauce. The hotter the better for him. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Right, we are at the hour mark, so I'm going to say uh, goodbye. Thank you for coming on. That went really quickly, man. Yeah, yeah. it does. Such great fun chatting about food and getting hungry, okay. isn't it? Yeah, now we're really hungry, so we're going to go and try and uh, get some ribs. <laughs> Shame we're not in London. Yeah. I sold out. I sold out yesterday, so I'm, go- I'm not picking it up to the week. <laughs> oh, good. I've, I've got loads of hot sauce in my fridge, so I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> just drink sauce for until Sunday <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool right well thank you the rib man no, thank the best you. ribs in London yeah come down come down soon come yeah, good, when we're cooking man it'll be good yeah wicked that would be. That sounds awesome love cool. to yeah right Excellent. thanks again mate yeah, you're welcome I'll see you soon cheers bye bye bye, bye. Thank you. thanks for tuning in guys we've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day as always, we are brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Chuck, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoking goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at Smokewood Shack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Ciao. Bye.